Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Upvoted No Sleep, where O.P. Ben Wooding writes, 21 steps. That's how many steps there were from the bottom to the top. No more, no less. I know the number exactly, because Mother always made sure I tiptoed down the stairs gently. She told me that the monster in the cupboard below might hear me if I was too loud. I lived with my mother and her sister, Auntie Cheryl. Our family isn't big. It was just us. They always told me that a family of three is a perfect size, and it rang true in our actions. We did everything together. We had a movie night every week. We were a true and happy family. At least, that was before Mother got sick. When I was six... I remember Mother and Auntie Cheryl having a huge argument. I don't know what it was about, but I remember sitting at the top of the stairs, hearing them screaming at each other. This was before the quiet footsteps rule. Yet even so, I still tread down the stairs lightly. I didn't want them to hear me, but I wanted to hear them. I heard something about Dad. He died when I was a baby. I heard something about Auntie Cheryl sleeping. I couldn't understand what was going on. The shouting was so loud that it became white noise. Deciphering exact words wasn't possible. It was that same day that Mother got sick. I always thought that the fighting with her sister is what caused it. Everyone deserves love from their family. Ever since that fight, she was practically bedridden. She would get up to go to the toilet, but besides that, she relied on me for everything. I had to stay upstairs that whole weekend. Auntie Cheryl never came up once to check on us. I hated her for it at first, but Mother reminded me that this was not my fight. I still had a loving auntie, and I shouldn't let their fight affect how I see her. I didn't go downstairs at all until Sunday afternoon when Auntie Cheryl arrived home in a wheelchair. She had gotten into an accident and broken both of her legs. She told me the fight had been playing on her and left her distracted, and that it was the final time she would let something get to her head. She seemed surprisingly okay for someone who had just lost the ability to walk, but Auntie Cheryl was always a jolly person. That same day, two rules were introduced to the household. First, I could no longer have friends over. Having a sick mother meant that she needed rest, 
not two kids running around the house. Second, I had to walk slowly down the stairs. Mother told me there were monsters underneath. This thought made me sick to my stomach. She really drove it into me. Auntie Cheryl agreed too. The monsters would get me if I were too loud on the stairs. Three years of this went by, always being quiet on the stairs, never having friends around the house. Auntie Cheryl and Mother never spoke to each other, not even once. One was stuck downstairs in their wheelchair, the other stuck upstairs in their bed. I never knew for sure whether their lack of mobility drove them apart or whether they refused to talk after the fight. I found it best not to think about it. It became the new normal for me. I always had someone to talk to, whichever room I was in. It just changed depending on which floor I was on. Every day, it would take me a whole minute to get up or down the stairs. I had to make sure that not so much as a creak came from those floorboards for fear of the monster hearing me. I'd always count the steps one at a time. 21 steps. The number, of course, never changed. But it distracted me from the horrors below the stairs. I always tried to get Mother and Auntie Cheryl to talk, especially on Christmas. The most I ever got was for one of them to shout hello to the other. There was no response. It made me sad, but I was still grateful to have such a loving household. I loved them both, and they loved me back. They cared for me, and I cared for them where I could. I remember one night, slowly going down the stairs in the middle of the night to get a glass of water. Mother was sleeping. As soon as I opened the kitchen door, I heard a loud bang coming from the living room. I thought it was the monster at first, before realizing it must be Auntie Cheryl still awake. I walked into the living room, through the darkness, and I saw a shadowy figure standing in the middle of the room. I froze in fear. It was much taller than I was. I knew that it must be the monster. It seemed to look at me quickly as I reached for the light switch. It was not there once the darkness had left. I had scared it off. On the floor, however, in its place, was Auntie Cheryl. She had fallen. I cried to her, terrified that the monster had tried to get her. If I wasn't here, he would have taken you, I cried. I saw him right here where you're lying. She calmed me down. She was always good at that. She assured me she had fallen herself and that nobody else was in the room. I helped her back into her chair. It was too late, though. I was determined that the monster had stopped playing by the rules. It was going to take one of us. I just knew it. I had to do something. Secretly, over the next few days, I collected weapons, or at least a kid's ideas of weapons. A baseball bat, a torch, a biker's helmet, everything I thought I would need to kill this monster. At 2 a.m., when I knew Mother and Auntie Cheryl would both be sleeping, I snuck downstairs. Slowly, slowly, slowly. One step at a time, all the way to 21. 
Once downstairs, I looked at the cupboard under the stairs. It was taller than me. It hadn't been opened in years. I knew that behind this door was the monster. I turned the torch on, and before I could give it a second thought, I swung the door open. It was empty. The light filled every corner of the cupboard, yet it was only occupied with dust. I ran into the living room to check on Auntie Cheryl. It was empty. Her chair in the middle of the room with nobody sitting there. I had never seen the chair empty before. I ran upstairs in tears to tell Mother. The monster has got Auntie Cheryl, Mother. I was too late. She woke up confused, almost immediately turning to anger. You went downstairs without me knowing? What do you mean? I never tell you when I'm going downstairs. No, but... She calmed down and changed her tone. Auntie Cheryl is staying at a friend's house tonight. She'll be back in the morning. She was very adamant about this. She brought me back to my bedroom and told me I was getting too worked up. She kissed me on the forehead and said goodnight. I knew she was lying, but I didn't know why. I was terrified. I thought the monster had somehow possessed Mother. I secretly called the police. Once I was sure Mother was asleep, I told them that my Auntie Cheryl was missing and that I think a monster had gotten her. They were confused, of course, but they knocked on the door half an hour later for questioning. Mother was absolutely furious at me. She told me not to answer the door, that the monster would get me. I followed my gut instinct and disobeyed. The police questioned my mother and I. They seemed concerned when I told them about the monster. I thought perhaps they had dealt with it before. Instead, they took me away from mother. They told me it would just be for a few nights whilst they investigate. Mother is sick. She can't be left alone. Especially not when the monster is here. It already got Auntie Cheryl. But they did it anyway. They insisted that mother would be taken care of if she needed care. I felt terrible. Mother was all alone, and it was my fault. I shouldn't have gotten the police involved. I had caused all of this. I never saw Auntie Cheryl again, but the police did find her body. It was in a lake nearby to our house. They said that, based on her corpse, she had been dead for quite a few years, so it wasn't possible that I had ever spoken to her since I was six. They also asked if I knew anything about the trap door leading from the living room to mother's bedroom. I told them I did not. I only see mother when I visit her in prison now. I live alone at my own place. At night, I still walk down the stairs quietly to be sure the monster never gets me. And that was an upvoted no-sleep story by O.P. Ben Wooding. Sweet dreams.